Hello everybody, this is FGOGR, Francisco here with the Frank Ops Show, the greatest, no not the greatest, the worst, the worst name for a podcast ever, and today, or at least this edition of the show, I don't even, is this even really a show? I don't even know, I don't even think this is classified as a show. This is just a review, a review of another video game. I'm going to start branching off into TV shows, movies, and really anything in between. However, I really want to get this one done. It is Kirby's Epic Yarn. I'm pretty darn sure you know what that is as soon as you click on the or touch the podcast. So, yeah, Kirby's Epic Yarn. First Kirby game that I am reviewing, this was released for the Nintendo Wii in 2010, re-released on the Wii U. The Wii version was re-released on the Wii U digitally in 2015, and a port was released for the Nintendo 3DS in 2019. So, story. So a mysterious wizard named Yinyarn came to Dreamland and then he starts making things go crazy. Like things are wont to do in the world of Kirby. Something very dark comes into the happy-go-lucky place and suddenly Kirby has to go and try and save everybody. But here, he turns everybody into yarn, into some sort of fabric or textile, and that is the hook for this game is that everything is some sort of fabric or yarn or string of some way shape or form if, if you can think of cloth then it's probably in this game and that's what you should be thinking in your head when you're listening to this review so kirby gets uh sucked up well he well he accidentally sucks up a meta tomato by mistake and he gets into Patchland. So now we're in Patchland and it's made out of yarn and textiles. So there Kirby finds Prince Fluff who is of course the prince of Patchland and Fluff is trying to get everything back in order and Kirby saves him and now Kirby has yarn powers in the world of Patchland. So Kirby and So Kirby and Prince Fluff escape in a car of yarn. Of course, Kirby and Prince Fluff can turn into cars by hitting the dash or double tapping the left or right on the D-pad. But I'll get to the controls later on, don't worry. Regardless they have to return and restore order to both worlds, Patchland and Dreamland. And there are seven worlds that you have to go through. There are six in Patchland, and then eventually you'll get to Dreamland, and you'll have to defeat Yinyarn. So let's go into the gameplay. Gameplay. This game, I'm reviewing the Wii version of the game, which is the same as the Wii U re-release. And I don't know much about the 3DS version, but I think for the most part it's the same game. But let's go into the gameplay. 
you play this game on the Wii, if you want to talk about the original version, with the D-pad, the one-two buttons, the plus-minus button, with the Wii Remote on its side, held in the style of a Nintendo Entertainment System controller, NES controller. So you move left and right with, of course, left and right on the D-pad. You look up and down, you can duck by pressing down, you can look up by pressing up on the D-pad, can pause the game by pressing the plus button, minus just shows you the controls, and one is used to, in this game, it's not, it's an attack button, but it's more of a, like a whip. So that's that's what that is. It's it's a it's a it's like a grappling hook. No no no. It's like a like a whip that can latch on to things and, and pull. And the two button is used to jump. But the the thing is, for Kirby to attack enemies in this game, he you press the one button. He whips a piece of yarn from his hand. And from there, if you grab the enemy at a certain point that's on their body, you can unravel them. And that's how you get go about the game. So Kirby and Prince Fluff, they walk around. It's a game that is built for co-op. So two players can play. It's, it's not really... I mean, there are benefits to playing with a second person if they know what to do. Because you can work together by grabbing each other and throwing each other up and down platforms. So what happens is if you whip your partner, then because one person will play as Kirby, the other person will play as Prince Fluff. You whip your partner, their partner will turn into a ball or a baseball really. And they can carry you and they can throw you to let's say a platform to, to help with some sort of platforming puzzle or some sort of thing like that. You can still utilize this during single player though. So single player you can still summon the other person and use them to be able to do the same thing. And then you can, uh, when that happens, if let's say somebody gets attacked then you'll, and you you, or you fall off the screen or whatever, then that person can take over. So if Kirby throws and then let's say the camera pans and he gets stuck someplace, then you'll play a Prince Fluff. When it comes to co-op, it works a lot like many other co-op 2D platformers where if the person, if one person is moving ahead and the other person falls behind and falls off camera or gets attacked and and dies or something or even though in this game you don't really die they will float towards somewhere on the screen and the person that's still playing moving ahead can can touch them and they'll return to play so you, you'll have both players back in in the game like that so that's how that works that's how that works so then we'll move on to so that's that's the co-op aspect to the game. And really the the beauty of this game is that I think it does things different than a normal Kirby game. It controls slightly different, it handles slightly different. 
and Kirby. One of the issues with most Kirby games for some people is that it might be too easy. Kirby games are normally entry-level platforming games. And you can, for the most part, surpass most levels just by tapping the up button or jumping and having Kirby float through the entire level. Some of the later levels in games, you can't do that, but a lot of the game, you can. Especially like, uh, let's say, Kirby's Dream Land, Kirby's Dream Land 3. Some of those games, they it is really, really easy to just surpass an entire level without even having any sort of confrontation with an enemy or what have you so this game you can speed run through it yes you can try and duck past lots of enemies but you can't float your way through it so you still have to avoid obstacles there is a challenge to this game and that is what compels me to think this is probably one of the top of the Kirby games just for that alone and Kirby games aren't afraid to experiment they always have some sort of hook or gimmick, but this one's hook allows Kirby to do things differently. There's no inhaling, there's no transformation via inhaling enemies and then absorbing their powers and using, utilizing them yourself. Kirby doesn't do that. He can't do that in Patchland. So that makes it so that Kirby has to platform and avoid enemies and attack them using his whip. Now, another thing in this game is that there are certain points, and it's a little like Yoshi's Island, where you can transform into different things. Now, the style of the game is all yarn, and so Kirby's very flexible, and he can turn into certain things in normal gameplay. So when you jump in the game, Kirby has like a little spring that that pops up at the bottom of him to symbolize that he's jumping when you he doesn't have a double jump or a float uh, or a flying button in a sense he fl he floats down like an umbrella instead so when you tap jump and then tap again he'll float down and he turns into a little umbrella when you double tap to run, Kirby turns into a little car, and that's how he, he goes through, and he has like little wheels, and he's all string, he's all string. So Kirby is pretty much just an outline as far as the presentation of the game is concerned. So he's not filled in, he is just lines of yarn and things like that. But there are certain points where he can transform into something bigger, a super transformation as they call it. And there is several in this game. He can, he turns into like a mech, like a big giant tank that just shoots missiles, a digger, uh, a dolphin, uh, like a uh, like a space shooter, a rocket, a fire engine, and then he has to spray water on on fire just to get through the level. There's a lot of little different ideas. And it's pretty darn cool to see that. And there, there are certain points in the game where it's like, yeah, that's, that's a nice climactic part of the level. And it allows them to not... Because the, if it was just the way it is, then things get boring. But these super transformations add something to some of these levels that 
that keeps you on your toes and of course is very entertaining when you finally get to, to try some of these. And some of these are exclusive to just one level. I get that. But they're nice. They're nice little side... Well, not really side things. They're nice change of pace to the game. So... As far as the enemies are concerned, there's there's a bunch here, but there's a few that there's a lot that are not from the traditional Kirby. Like, you will eventually find those, especially when you get back to Dreamland. But a lot of them are just based on on uh, the 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 level, and it's just cool to see these enemies because they're just string and buttons and yarn and cloth so in, the, in like the the ocean levels you'll see a, a lamprey you'll see a anemone that'll if you get caught in its in its tentacles which are made of yarn it, it'll bring you in and try and kill you that way well we can, don't really die in this game there's no death or lives in this game you just lose gems and then you just try and make it to the end of the level so there's no dying in this game so there's I know a lot of people are like, oh, and I just said that Kirby doesn't have a challenge, and that's true when this, there's no challenge when you know that you, you you can just beat the level if you just keep trying, but there are incentives to beating the level and playing really well, and I'll get to that soon enough. So there's there's lots of little enemies. You'll get the, the normal ones from most Kirby games, the Blippers, the, the Waddle Dees, the, the Bronto Burts. So you'll get some of those guys, and then you go through the seven worlds, and each of the worlds has a different amount of levels. Eventually, you beat all the levels, you'll reach a boss stage. So you'll get to the boss stage, and then you'll take on the boss. You have mid-bosses as well, in some of these, just like normal Kirby game. Normal Kirby games have mid-bosses like the Crackle. Crackle's like a mid-boss. And in some games, in other games, he's like a big boss. <laughs> well, not a big boss as in big boss from Metal Gear Solid. Or Metal Gear, really. But, regardless, there are bigger bosses that you will encounter in this game. And each one is who you need to surpass in order to get to the next part of the game, the next part of Patchland, and then eventually to Dreamland, and then eventually you've reached Yin Yarn, and you have to take on Yin Yarn and beat the game. So there's no death, no lives. So what do you do? Well, you eventually reach the end of the level, and each end of the level there's like a bell that you you, you latch on to, and then you ring it, and then that's the end of the level. And at the end of the level, they'll count how many gems you've collected, the streak of the gems that you've collected. So if you've collected 100 before getting hit, then it'll display that number. And in each level, there are three treasures. So this allows for exploration in the levels so that you look around and try and see if there's something that you can probably latch on to or secret passage that you can find and you'll find the three different treasures and well there's really there's two treasures that are furniture they can use to furnish your apartment and one is a CD which is for the soundtrack of the game 
and it's for usually that level that you're playing. The soundtrack is pretty extensive in Kirby. Epic Yarn, there's like, I think like 61 or so tracks. So it's pretty extensive for a Kirby game. Most of the levels have a unique sound or song or theme to go with it, which is also pretty cool. You'll eventually, when you get to Dreamland, you'll get to hear renditions of the classic Kirby themes that you hear in most of the games. But you, most of the game is just original score, which is also a nice change of pace from the normal Kirby fare. As eventually, once you've played a ton of Kirby games, and I've played I think most of the series, you'll be hearing the same thing, and you know what to expect when you go into a new one. But this one changed things up, and, and the developer, who was good feel in this one, along with HAL Laboratory and Nintendo, they really, they really thought outside the box with this, and, and the music is, is beautiful. The music is just, it, you'll notice that the distinct piano, there's a piano in the score for each and every level, and I tell you, it is an amazing soundtrack just for that alone. It's, there's... The piano makes it relaxing in a lot of levels, and and when you finally get to the Kirby normal fare from Dreamland, and you hear piano renditions of those, then it all comes together and you're like, oh my goodness, this is probably one of the best soundtracks in Nintendo history. I think so. I think it's one of the best. I really do. It, it is so, so good just because of its uniqueness. Alright, now, you touched about the end of the level, they check the three treasures and whatever. In the downtime of the game, when you're going between levels, there is a part of Patchland where you, as Kirby, are living in while you are on this grand adventure. And there are apartment 102, that's where you live, and those aforementioned gems, there's a store where you can buy furniture to furnish your apartment. You can also use the furniture that you find along the way in the levels to also furnish your apartment. So that's the incentive for that. And if you get all of the stuff, you get a large amount of gems, you have a long streak, you will be graded at each at each end of level with either a bronze medal, a silver medal, or a gold medal. And so you get all the gold medals in each level and you 100% the game. So there's that. As far as length is concerned, this game normally six hours. If you want to do all of this stuff, on average, people have taken 16 and a half hours just to find all of the things in this game. And uh, so that's so it's a it's a really lengthy adventure. And of course, if you play it with somebody, you can probably do it a lot faster because you'll have you'll have four eyeballs keeping track of things in the level. Back to the graphics, the graphics of this game, just the style with the yarn and the textiles and the fabric. You, you move certain fabrics and and it looks so good 
and it's so smooth and it's so clever. You pull a button and it unravels like a, a, a large portion of the level or you, you, you take off a patch from the level and suddenly you can kind of squeeze your way underneath that. And then there is, you can almost, if it wasn't for it being on a two-dimensional flat surface of a TV, it almost seems like you could you could feel the, the the surface of the game, the texture of the game. Maybe someday in VR, maybe if they have make a VR version of it, maybe the 3DS version, that effect really really pops. But even on the Wii, at 480p, which is how I played it, there was a genuine amazement to it and I hope that maybe it does get remade in high definition in 4k or, or VR where you can I don't know how it would be in VR but maybe just viewing it stereoscopic 3d in some way shape or form where you could almost touch the fabric of the game that that would be amazing I would love that that's how very well done this game is. And, and this is Goodfield. They're, they're the same people that would eventually develop two other games that deal with, I guess, craft, <laughs> craft and fabric. Yoshi's Woolly World and Yoshi's Crafty World. So they know just how to convey that sense of texture of, of feel of visual feel to a game and I, I can't wait to see what they do next I, I've played Willy World, I've yet to play Crafty World but this is their first endeavor with it and Epic Yarn is definitely definitely a very good looking game a very good looking game so my recommendation yes play this game I, there are some people who have qualms about a kirby game because it might be too easy this one's not one of them there is a, a distinct challenge to it i already told you how many hours it lasts now, kirby games don't usually last that long and it's because this game is different and because kirby's power because his inhaling ability for the most he's pretty op in a lot of his games pretty overpowered here he can't float endlessly across a level. He can't just suck everything up and just move along. No, he is limited, and that limitation provides challenge, and that challenge is what allows this game to last longer than most Kirby games and to stick with you a lot longer than most Kirby games. Most Kirby games are pretty short, so they don't stick with you that long. You might like the characters, you might like the, the, the world itself, but this one stuck with me. This one stuck with me. And if you can find somebody to sit down and play it with you, I do recommend that because it's a, it's a good co-op game as well. It's a good co-op game as well. So yeah, Kirby's Epic Yarn, I, I would say. It is a game that should be on your radar if you have a 3DS or Wii U or Wii. Go find it. Go buy it. Go play it. Well, this is... Me, Francisco, Frank Ops Show. Thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you next time with another review or some more thoughts on life itself. 
to the Louvre.